Medical information obtained from our website or the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If your pet has or you suspect they might have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of All Paws Pet Talk, this radio show, or their sponsors. Smart Animal Talk on All Paws Pet Talk Radio. And I was starting to sit here and feel sorry for myself with the rain. Got this weather warning on the news telling us we're going to get, I think it's 130 millimeters of rain tonight, which, I mean, even if you don't know what millimeters is, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's like more than what desert places, desert places get two to four a year. We're getting 130 in one night. Bad, bad, bad stuff. And wind warnings and everybody's taking down anything that's hanging, all their... Halloween decorations, if they're late or if their Christmas decorations are early, oh no. And it's wet and it's damp and it's cold and it's blustery. But then there's light because my guest is calling from a place that's probably more miserable. So misery loves company. And she's calling from Pennsylvania uh, as we head into winter. So we're going to be talking right now with Kim. Welcome to the show, Kim. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So it's a blustery day over there too, I understand. It is. It's pretty miserable, but uh, the dogs don't seem to mind it. They're in and out of the house all day, getting mud all over the place, but that's the dog's life. Yeah, I have dogs who will go swimming in any weather. doesn't matter how cold, in snow, anytime. Anytime's yep. a good day for a swim. Absolutely. <laughs> so you're going to tell us about brusquits. What are brusquits? It's actually brusquit. It's it's a beer oh, grain dog bone, so it's kind of like a brew, like a beer, B-R-E-W, and then like a biscuit, S-C-U-I-T. So brusquit is actually how you pronounce it. Um, it's an all-natural beer grain dog bone when we use the barley, oats, and rye from the beer brewing process. Oh. Oh, that's really interesting. I feed dogs um, oatmeal sometimes and sometimes yeah. barley. They quite like it. So it how did you think of one. this? Um, it happened by accident. Uh, my partner and I are home brewers. Uh, we brew beer, and one batch, one weekend we brewed a batch of beer um, and took our grains outside and put them on the picnic table to go to the compost, which is what we had always done with it. This one particular weekend, though, I forgot and let the dogs out. One of our rescue dogs got up on the picnic table and stole the bag of barley, oats, and rye off of the picnic table, opened it up on the patio, and shared it with all his siblings. So this was actually born by accident for us, totally by accident. Nice. Yeah, a lesson from the animals. Hey, we can eat this stuff. Don't throw this out. Exactly. So what's, um, you know, is there any worry that they're going to get drunk? I guess not, right? No. The beer brewing process is kind of like when you steep tea. You steep beer initially to give it its color and flavor. Then you add in the hops and the malts and the different flavors to, to flavor it further. So these are just the grains, the barley, oats, and rye which are actually grains that are good for dogs instead of cornmeal and soy and wheat that's in a lot of products right now. So our aha moment, you know, was to make dog bones out of the the grains, which are actually grains that are good for your dogs, these particular grains. Well, it's interesting that you're naming those because, yeah, I think we all go in search of grain-free or low-grain or um, because uh, high-protein foods because we're so conditioned to thinking that the only grain they're using is corn, and corn isn't really good for dogs. Um, exactly. So I understand what you're saying. When my uh, 
pregnant females are two weeks or three weeks away from having puppies, I give them oatmeal because it's supposed to help them create milk. Like there's certain things in foods that you need in your body. So exactly. to throw that to the composter, that rich source of, of primitive grain seems silly, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, and the thing with grains right now and the whole grain-free movement, dogs actually do need grain in their diet to break down the proteins that they eat to properly expel their stool. So everybody out there is trying to feed a really good protein diet, which is usually for an adult dog a 26 to a 32% protein diet. They should have the proper grains in their diet to break down those proteins that they're eating to properly expel their stool. They really do need the grains. It just it should be the proper grains, the good grains, the ones that are actually in brewskets, the barley, oats, and rye. This so reminds me of the human health industry. I mean, it's just exactly. it's like it's like Atkins for dogs, but dogs aren't humans, and Atkins maybe didn't work anyway. And then you know you you get this like pursuit of where we do in humans gluten free for people who aren't even gluten intolerant or gluten free in dog foods. Now I've seen it's very interesting, you know. And sometimes people swing all the way one way to the point where they're actually harming their animals, trying to keep them on a vegetarian diet, or as you say, exactly. trying right. to eliminate grains completely. Just because you want to eliminate grains from your diet doesn't mean your dog wants to pull the pull that line. Well, so, and if we really, if you go back 135,000 years ago when dogs first started hanging around villages. They ate what the villagers ate. If meat was plentiful, fish, proteins, that's what they ate. If that wasn't plentiful, they ate the barley and the oats and the rye and the grains that farmers ate um, and rice and things like that. So it's been in the domesticated dog's diet for a long period of time at this point. And it's just this shift right now uh, where everybody's saying grain-free. And, and you, should, you should be grain-free of the improper grains that are bad for dogs, soy, cornmeal, those types of things. But the proper grains are actually very good for them. You um, Okay, so most of the time when you buy something, you want to believe the label. But maybe yep. it's packaged somewhere else. Maybe it's made somewhere else. Maybe the label's just telling you what you want to hear. Are you making your own products? Are you packaging we, them? We do. Everything is made in-house by us. We have a commercial bakery at this point. We are licensed, insured, regulated, inspected. PA Department of Agriculture comes out and checks us out. I have to submit a feed tonnage report every year. Um, and we do everything. We do the, the baking, the bagging, the labeling, the heat sealing, and the only ingredients that go into our product are the barley, oats, and rye, farm fresh eggs from a local farmer. I'm actually allowed into the chicken coop to see how the chickens are being treated, and that's important to me. And then it's just flour and either peanut butter, pumpkin, or sweet potato. The pumpkin is real, pureed pumpkin that's, that's ground down. The sweet potato is the same, ground down sweet potato. And the peanut butter is literally just nuts. There's no salt, sugar, or oil added to it. So our whole product in general contains no salt, sugar, additives, or preservatives at all. Um, and the way we, able, okay, we were able so to figure I, out... Okay, so I've noticed we're running out of time pretty quickly here. Okay. Uh, but I want people to go to your website because I understand if people buy off the website, uh, some money goes to charity. So I'm always all for that. So can Absolutely. you give out the website and just explain how that works quickly? Because we have... Sure. I'm sad to say two minutes only. That's okay. The website is actually brewskit, B-R-E-W-S-C-U-I-T dot com, brewskit dot com. And if you go to our website, we have a retail locator on there. Uh, it also talks about the U.S. War Dog Association program we work with. We send packages over to our canine soldiers. And you are correct. A dollar from every bag purchased online goes to a rescue of the month that we sponsor. And you can check out the different rescues that we sponsor on our website as well. 
You can also attend an, uh, the Pet Expo in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, and Greater Philadelphia Pet Expo coming in January and February. Check that out. More coming after that in New York and Connecticut. And um, But you know what? Just go to the website. That's the best way to go because then the charity benefits and the military dogs too. Thank you very much for joining us today, Kim. Oh, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming. All right, everybody, we're sending her back into the weather. Stay tuned. We'll be back with Jean-Pierre coming from a different part of the world on Smart Animal Talk, All Paz Pet Talk Radio. I'm your doggy, I'm your doggy and I love you. As a dog owner, you know that dogs can eat just about anything. But when food becomes a health troublemaker, or your animal has been on antibiotics or heavy meds, or GI issues set in, your animal's gut may be out of balance and needs Goo Gut Rescue. Goo Gut Rescue is 100% natural and veterinarian prebiotic and probiotic formulated to rescue your animal's gut from bad bug dominance. Remember, your dog's total health begins with gut health. Don't delay. Visit GooGutRescue.com. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. No more fleas and no more ticks with the No More Tick Spray. All natural, non-toxic, and even safe enough for you to use on yourself. It smells great. You have to try it. It really works. This is what I want you to do. Go to www.nomoreticks.com. Once again, nomoreticks.com. Your pet will love you for it. Go to nomorticks.com. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. You can now bring your pets with you everywhere you go. That's right. Handmade, personalized jewelry featuring a photograph, yes, a photograph of your loving pet. Dew's Jewelry offers bracelets, necklaces, keychains, and more. This beautiful jewelry not only makes a wonderful gift, but it's also a special way to memorialize a pet that has passed away. You have to see this. This is what I want you to do. Go to www.dewsjewelry.com. I'm going to spell it out for you again. www.dewsjewelry.com. Once again, that is D-O-O-S Jewelry. D-O-O-S-Jewelry.com. Hop online and order your personalized jewelry today. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. Super Essentials, your pet's best friend. Super Essentials is an immune system builder for all the animals. 100% human-made ingredients and made in the USA. Promotes longevity, increases energy, builds healthy joints and strong bones. It builds a solid foundation for excellent health for dogs and cats. This is what I want you to do. Go to www.MotherEarthPet.com to learn so much more about this product. My producer uses it for his pets and for himself as well. That is MotherEarthPet.com. A happy pet is a healthy pet. The site again, www.MotherEarthPet.com.
Hello, you're listening to Smart Animal Talk on Buzz Pet Talk Radio. And once again, I'm happy to say I've got Dusty Rainbolt on the show. She's my good friend and uh, trainer of Cats, Cat Wrangling Made Easy. It's one of my favorite books. But it's been a while since I've given you her whole, whole list of credentials. Editor-in-chief, AdoptAShelter.com. Member and International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants, past president of Cat Writers Association. She was president at some time when I knew her, for sure. Author of Death Under the Crescent Moon Cat, and author of Cat Wrangling Made Easy, which is the book for how to deal with a multi-cat household. Kittens for Dummies, Ghost Cats, Human Encounters with Feline Spirits, all the marbles, the four redheads of the apocalypse. DustyCatWriter.com is where you can check out all that. DustyCatWriter.com. Welcome to the show, Dusty. Love this thing with you and your, your listeners. Well, it's good to have you back again. Sometimes we deal with the top three problems, and I think we deal with them too often like the cat litter box problem. I'm not even going to say it because we'll both go off on a 20-minute tirade. Let's, <laughs> talk, let's talk about something that isn't maybe the, maybe the top six or seven or eight. What do people complain about to cat, you know, with you? And it's not the biting and it's not the scratching and it's not the litter box because those are always the top three. What's next? What's the next most common complaint you get? Well, uh, their cats are uh, too fat. That's another one, and that's a really yes. that's a really important one because uh, just like human beings, uh, kitties who are too fat are going to have a lot of health issues later in life: uh, arthritis, uh, potentially uh, hepatic lipidosis, which is also called uh, fatty liver disease, diabetes. Uh, life for an old fat cat is not very pleasant, so we can talk about that today. You know, there's a little myth out there that a fat cat is a happy cat. That's not true, though, is it? Uh, no, it's really, it's really not. Um, they, they have problems walking. They, uh, there are just so many things that are more difficult. I mean, just as with humans, uh, everything is harder when you have extra weight on you. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was pregnant, just getting up the hill here at Camp Good Dog with a bunch of dogs. I was out of breath while talking. It was like, what? This is what people live with if they're big like this all the time? I realize pregnancy is even more of a strain, but still, it's, it's, it's amazing to think you're carrying around an extra person or two or your cat, which is supposed to be 10 to 12 pounds. Okay, he may only be four or five pounds overweight, but that's a third. Imagine if you're supposed to be 125 and you're, you know, Big 40 pounds over that, almost 200 pounds, 185. That's a lot for a little animal to carry around, isn't it? Well, it really is. And I have come up with, I think, the, a brilliant way of making people realize how much a pound is. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to post some pictures to my website later today. Think of <laughs> it's like cat. supermodel pounds, right? Cat <laughs> pounds are like every pound equals 20. Yes. Well, How does that but, go? But, you know, like, it, like you said, one pound on a 10-pound animal, that's 10% of their body weight. Uh, right. And take a, go to the store and buy a, a package of stick, uh, stick margarine. You can get really cheap stuff for a dollar. And you look at that. That is one pound. 
So when you think, oh, well, my cat is just one, two, four pounds overweight, uh, mm-hmm. you look at four of those uh, uh, packages of butter, and that's a real awakening. I mean, you can actually visually see how overweight they really are and how much they, you know, how much that's adding to their little bodies. Well, my cats who uh, go outside, come inside and hunt as well as live off cat food, they tend to be lean and trim and muscular with an extra pound or two under their back legs in that area that I call the fat pad. Is that um, normal? Is that a normal or are you talking? Because to me, that seems like a safe way to be. You, you, if you get ill and something goes wrong, you do have a little bit of a buffer, but you're not so big that you're carrying around tons of extra weight. I mean, I often look at people and notice that the slimmest, skinniest elderly people don't seem to fare as well as the ones who are just a little bit extra, right? Not heavy, just a little bit extra. And I wonder about that with animals, that if just a, an extra pound or two is okay, or are you saying no, they should always be at their leanest? Well, um, I don't think they should be at their leanest. Mm-hmm. Um, what I understand from uh, board-certified vets of internal medicine, uh, rub your hand along your cat's um, rib cage. Right. If you can barely feel those ribs through the fur, that's that's the way it should be. If you can't feel the ribs, then you're on your way to some problems. You know, I've also seen a chart at the vet's office, which I found very helpful because it shows you what the cat looks like from standing up. When the cat's just Mm -hmm. normally walking along and you're standing up and you look down at your cat, it shows you what it's supposed to look like when you look toward the floor and you see your cat standing underneath you. If it's too skinny, if it's just right, if it's a little bit over or if it's got a big problem. And, And that I find really easy, too, because you could just see the shape if it Mm-hmm. If it bows out at the belly on either side like brackets, that's not the shape of the cat, right? right. <laughs> it's not really what we're supposed to be having. And on the other hand, we don't want that uh, a real hourglass figure. I mean, we ladies would like to have an hourglass figure, but that's not necessarily the best thing for a cat. Like I no, said, now- or, nor a person. You know, most of that's photoshopped or spanked into the picture <laughs> anyway, really. I mean, how many of us are really built that way for very long in our lives? It's it's not, you know, and, and interesting. I mean, I don't know what you think about cats. I'm going to ask you this. But in the dog world, the dogs who get the most kind of sexual attention from other dogs, well, it's usually the, the ones who are still intact. But even amongst the neutered and spayed <laughs> oh, ones... You know, even amongst the neutered and spayed ones, the ones who get the most attention are not the slimmest. They are not. They are usually just a little bit overweight. They're not the heaviest, but they're, they've got a, a big back end. They do. They're not the skinniest, skinniest little poodles. They're usually the big fat, you know, fat-ended back-end labs who are still fit enough to run and play and wrestle. So I don't know if dogs and cats have the same kind of uh, what's you know what's a ten and what's a zero? What do you think? What's what's sexy in the cat world besides the obvious of intact? The look. What look do you think they find the most play or sex in, enhancing in, in a group of cats? You know what? I simply can't answer that. All, it's a tough all one. The cats that I'm around are uh, neutered, so <laughs> I don't get to see a lot of that natural behavior. Uh, 
many times. See, I know see. that in the dog world, the big uh -huh. head on a male dog is considered extremely attractive. They all run over to the biggest headed dog, the dog with the biggest honking cow head on his shoulders, big Roddy. <laughs> That's the one. That he's the guy, right? He's the he's bad. The smart one. It's so funny. <laughs> no, smart I don't know. What... <laughs> yeah, imagine if humans were like that. If Brad Pitt was just the guy with the biggest head and no neck. Like, that's what the dogs seem to go for, you know? Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, the, the, uh, a lot of the, quote, uh, sexual behaviors I see are actually uh, dominance behaviors. Uh, when you see uh, a uh, neutered male mounting another cat, uh, regardless of the, the gender, a lot of times that's a, a dominance thing. And you know what? Let's talk about that. We're just going to break. We'll come back in a minute and we'll talk about that because a lot of times people joke about it I, and I find it difficult. There was a show, uh, Ozzy Osbourne's family, they were on, on TV and they had this one dog, I believe, who kept humping all the other animals and the other animals were not willing and it was not sex and it was not funny and it was not cute. So if you've got one animal humping another in your house over and over and over again, Let's talk about that, especially if it's cats, because we're here with Dusty Rainbow coming up next on Smart Animal Talk, All Thoughts Pet Talk Radio. I'm your doggy, and I love you, and you know that I really do. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. New health equals new life by giving your pets a 100% natural jerky treat using 100% human-grade ingredients, family-owned, made, and sourced in the USA. No chemicals, no additives, high in protein, and grain-free limited ingredients jerky treats. This is what I want you to do. Go to www.newhealthpet.com. Turkey, chicken, wow, chicken, an apple, and sweet potato jerky treats for your dog. Created to be high in vitamins and minerals, but low in fat. Incredible. Just go to newhealthpet.com. Once again, newhealthpet.com. Your pet will love you for it. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. Preen Pets, 100% natural dog treats made and sourced in the USA. Positively no chemicals and no additives. Treats, sticks, and bones made with chicken, fish, pork, turkey, beef, and vegetables. Wow, and vegetables. This is what I want you to do. Go to www.preenpets.com. That is P-R-E-E-N-P-E-T-S dot com. Give your furry children the best nutrition for a long and healthy life. Go to preenpets.com. Your pets will love you for it. Hey, pet lovers. Now you can simply wash your pet's filthy collars and leashes. Introducing Launder Leash, a padded, porous laundry bag designed to get rid of those nasty germs. Simply zip up your pet's collar and leash in Laundry Leash, and toss it in with your next load of laundry. Wow, no more soaking or spending money to replace them. This is what I want you to do. Go to launderleash.com. 
L-A-U-N-D-E-R-L-E-A-S-H dot com. At last, an easy way to get rid of the bacteria and germs on the dirtiest pet product we all own, Launderleash. When it comes to health expenses, dog owners have it rough. Now, thanks to veterinarian and dermatologist Dr. Kristen Holm, your dog can be goo healthy. There's Doggy Goo to fight environmental pet allergies, Goo Gut Rescue for rescuing your dog's gut health, and Goo Silver, a broad-spectrum supplement for the special needs of your senior varsity dog. So visit HealthyGoo.com today or call 855-246-2426 and your dog can be Healthy Goo healthy. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. Per Spray Pet, all-natural, non-toxic spray, for all of your pet problems, proven safe to use for their skin, eyes, and ears. Helps calm and heal wounds, hot spots, insect bites, and lots more. Will not sting and very safe to use even for your feathered friends. To find out how you can keep your pets happy and healthy, go to PurSprayPet.com. That's P-U-R SprayPet.com. PurSprayPet.com or call us now at 386-310-3924. Hey, pet lovers. Are your cats giving you problems? Well, we have a solution for you. Contact Dr. Marcy Kosky. She is a certified feline trainer and behaviorist with more than 20 years experience. She specializes in helping cat lovers whose out-of-control cats are turning their lives and homes upside down. Go to her website, FelineBehaviorSolutions.com. Her site is www.FelineBehaviorSolutions.com. She will help you locally as well as long distance. Contact her now. Talk, all pause pet talk radio. And it's me, Deb Wolf. You can find more of me at debwolf.net. Pretty soon I'll be offering some products you can't get for those prices anywhere else. And there'll be products I've tried and tested because I've been trying and testing sample products for 20 years or more. Dogs and cats and everything gadgety and good and quality stuff. Only the best. Only a few things at my site. But for now, you can sign up. Then you'll be the first to get the special offers. But uh, there's also always cool stuff there. And through there, you can see all the pictures of the dogs at Camp Good Dog playing in the mud, playing in the rain, wrestling, and in some cases, dominating each other until we break it up. So I notice when two dogs dominate each other, when one's always humping the other, sometimes they're actually a, a partnership. They're a pack. They're male and female partners, and they love each other, usually two dogs, exact same type. And uh, they just do this as a little bit of a display at the front of the dog park or when people come over. It's to show. He's mine. She's mine. Don't mess with us. We're a team. And the female will actually stand there, and the male will jump on her. A couple of jumps, he'll jump off again, and it's over. Now, that's not the kind of thing I'm talking about because that's where both are willing. What I'm talking about with Dusty right now is when you've got a cat or an animal that really doesn't want it. And the other one is doing this, sort of jumping on top of it or pinning it, or biting it. 
Sometimes you hear this terrible sound, this sort of a from the one that doesn't want it if it's a cat. So, Dusty, how can people recognize this, this unwanted dominance, and how, what can they do about it? I know you're not going to say spray them with a spray bottle. So what else no, can they do? No, that, that doesn't work. Spray bottles. Uh, in order for punishment like that to work, you have to administer it as the behavior is beginning and uh, 100% of the time. Otherwise, the, the animal doesn't really get it. So spray bottles may stop the behavior for the moment, but it's going to happen again. Um, I think cats are a little bit different. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm not 100% sure on dog behavior, but, you know, dogs seem to kind of like the humping things. Cats don't actually hump. Uh, what I have noticed is that they will um, um, grab the scruff of the neck, which is, usually a, a sexual thing and uh, you know it lasts for a couple of seconds and then it's over and and uh, uh, I think cats that don't get along probably don't get close enough for that to happen um, I mean it's not like they just come over and go oh I'm going to mount you uh, I right so it's not often- a stranger thing it's the cats that live in the same house right it is what I have observed, and uh, oftentimes um, my observation has been that it is a mature cat uh, uh, being uh, dominant over a younger cat that may be approaching maturity, and it's kind of like, just want you to know I'm in charge, and I haven't. I have not noticed that it, I mean, I'm sure there are always cases where it's taken to extreme and you need to talk to your vet, you need to uh, uh, up the activity in the house so that the cat isn't so uh, fixated on his buddy. But uh, for the most part, I don't see that it's really annoying like it is with a dog. (laughs) So, and, and, yeah, um, it's not. But you know what? Sometimes I have seen it where it's 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 hard to watch, and the people think it's funny. The people mm-hmm. think they they recognize it as a sexual thing. Oh, he's doing it again. He'll hump anything. And you're right about this. Um, like if it's a little dog mounting a cat, he will hump it. He'll move up and down. If it's a cat mounting another one, you're right. The more I think about it, it's a grab. It's a grab and pin. And it's always mm-hmm. mouth on neck, mouth on top of head, mouth over ear, right. eye, top of head. It's this type of a... And often I find, I don't know if this is uh, typical, but it starts with grooming. They're licking each other, they're loving each other, they're licking each other's ears, and then one of them just <laughs> pins the other. Is that what you find too? You know what? Now that you say that, yes. Uh, that, that is often, often the case. Although sometimes, uh, like I said... Um, it seems to be most prominent uh, with uh, mature, dominant, older cats. And, and remember, cats don't have a, um, a, a definite hierarchy like dogs. So it's not going to be uh, one cat all the time. But uh, it does seem to be a more, more dominant cat with younger kitties most of the time. Or, you know... Uh, uh, buddies on occasion, you know, it, it, again, just displaying, hey, I'm still in charge. We had 
uh, a couple of cats. Uh, uh, Winky was the the most dominant cat throughout the house, which is kind of unusual that they're dominant everywhere, but he was. And he had a little buddy that he would do that to. And uh, But we called them uh, the, the pair, the couple, because they were always together. And uh, it was just uh, adorable. And um, when Winky died, um, later on, Groucho would demonstrate the same behavior with the kitties that he became close to. So I don't know what's going on inside their little brains, but if this is something that becomes a problem uh, for the the uh, less dominant cat, uh, definitely increase activity in your home, uh, keep the kitty busy, um, lots of lots of very active games. And if not, then you may have to talk to your veterinarian about possibly um, anti-anxiety medication. Do you know, before I try the anti-anxiety medication, I might try what works in my house when I have new cats is that uh, spray, that pheromone diffuser spray. Plug that into the bathroom and everybody's more mellow. All the cats Mm -hmm. are just way less like, and that's only $25 for the refill. It's not like a big a big um, expenditure, but they all keep looking for where is that happy cat? Where is that happy cat? They're all looking for it, but (laughs) (laughs) they smell better. (laughs) There's another place that has a a different pheromone, uh, but it's also a comforting pheromone, and uh, they have a collar, and I like that. Uh, I've had very good success with the collar. Can I I say the brand? Sure, why not? Okay. It's uh, the Sergeant's or Century... uh, uh, a good cat calming collar, and uh, yeah, the has... product I was talking about was Feel Away. But it, right. you know, it's great to know there's some competition because it's kind of this is a pricey s- sector of the market for sure. Well, it it is. Uh, they're different pheromones because Feel Away is a synthetic facial pheromone, and uh, the um, Century product is uh, a uh, a pheromone uh, given out. Uh, secreted by the, the queen, the, the mother cat, to call the kitten for milk, that she's producing milk. And so there are different pheromones, and the Sentry uh, product actually has a collar. And I like that for, for this kind of situation because you can't, I mean, uh, if, if you have, you know, a, a six-room house, it gets very expensive to use the feel And I love feel mm-hmm. I love Yeah, I can see home. that. I worry uh, about the contagion, though, because for me, I mean, I notice, I notice very much, you know, when they say that if, you know, women go off to college together, young women, they all get their cycle at the same time. And mm -hmm. if you can't get pregnant, go around pregnant animals. If you can't get pregnant, visit other people who are pregnant, that the hormones have effects on other people. And Mm -hmm. I'm very affected by my dogs and their cycles. I don't want to be nursing because of something in my cat's collar. Good Lord. How no, no, you, you know what? It's a, it's a synthetic, so I don't. I, I've never heard that that anybody. Okay, <laughs> just checking on that because you know no. I'll do a lot for my cats, but that's not no. 
You're not no going to start lactating for your kitty, huh? <laughs> uh-uh, not happening. I'll buy the powder from the store. I'll mix it up for newborn kids. That's as far as I go every two hours. I think that's an awful lot. So, Agreed. so yeah, um, you know, we only have a couple of minutes left till we have to go to one more break and come back again. So we dealt with... Uh, in previous shows, you and I have talked about the litter box and the scratching. And so if people want to look those up, they can find them. But in the meantime, um, we covered the next most common thing, which is fat cats. And what's after that, Dusty? Because you get a lot of people calling you with cat problems. What's the next most common thing you get after fat cats? Well, uh, cats that aren't very affectionate. Why, you know, my, my cat doesn't pay attention to me. Well, you know what? Um, uh, if you have a kid... And the kid has his iPad or iPhone or whatever, and he's got all his games on there, and he's he's Facebooking with his friends. I don't know. There may be something more current with kids, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, so he's got everything he wants right there. Why should he spend any time with you? You know, you're just you're just mom. You you provide the food. So what you need to do is um, pro- provide the kitty with. Uh, something they want. I, if you if you give the cat what he wants, you're going to get more attention. Um, uh, my husband, bless his heart, uh, at one point he um, he was working out of the house and he came home, and the cats wouldn't wouldn't pay any attention to him at all. And because I was working at home, you know, I was always petting them and feeding them. So I stopped feeding them. Mm-hmm. I stopped playing with them during the day. Mm-hmm. And the minute he he walked in the house, he got the the cat toy out. It's, it's the bird. It's the greatest cat toy in the world. And um, it was about three or four days before I started noticing that um, when he was two blocks down the street, they could hear his engine, and they were circling the front door because Daddy was going to play with them. Oh, nice. Okay, everybody, we're going to go to break. But you can matter to your cat if your cat is aloof and unaffectionate and you feel like it's just furniture and you always wanted it to be cuddly and sweet. Well, stay tuned. We're going to tell you how to accomplish that. She just gave you a big hint, Dusty did. All right. We're coming back on Smart Animal Talk. All Paws Pet Talk Radio in a moment. Hey, pet lovers, you have to see this. Unique custom pet portraits. I mean unique. These are really cool. You can now have your furry children look like a king, a queen, plus so much more. Make them the leaders of the world. There's nothing like this. It's a must, especially for the holidays. This is what I want you to do. Go to therenaissancepet.com. I'll spell it for you. The, T-H-E-R-E-N-N-A-I-S-S-A-N-C-E, pet.com, the Renaissance pet.com, the Renaissance pet portraits for the pets who has it all. 
Hey pet lovers, listen up. I would like to introduce you to Lenstatin. If your pet has failing eyesight due to cataracts, then you need to check this out. Lenstatin, the world's only cataract protection developed by Dr. Scott Tunis, board-certified ophthalmologist and a nationally recognized expert in cataract surgery. Lenstatin, a human source supplement made right here in the USA that you can even use for yourself. For more information, go to lenstatin.com. That's L-E-N-S-T-A-T-I-N, lenstatin.com. If you tell them that All Paws sent you, you will receive 10% off their already low prices. So go to lenstatin.com today. Your pet will thank you. For your dogs, running beside your bike is more rewarding canine exercise than any walk. It's also more dangerous. Until now, introducing the amazingly stable Bike Toe Leash, the only safe dog biking attachment approved by the American Pet Association. The Bike Toe Leash installs in seconds on bikes, trikes, power chairs, and mobility scooters. No tools needed, and dogs learn it immediately. With a Bike Toe Leash, both dogs and rider can enjoy fun recreation anywhere, no matter what your ability level. To learn more and order your Bike Toe Leash, visit BikeToeLeash.com. That's BikeToeLeash.com. Bike Toe Leashes are made in the USA and ship worldwide. That website again is B-I-K-E-T-O-W-L-E-A-S-H dot com. Hey, pet lovers. Have you had this problem? Did you ever lose your keys in your purse or in your pockets? Looking for a better way to carry your dog treats when walking your pet? Or, and this is a big one for me, looking for a better and safer way to carry your phone? Well, stop looking. The hip clip and pocket accessory is for you. Go to hipclips.com. I'm going to spell it for you. H-I-P-K-L-I-P-S dot com. Hipclips.com. The best way to carry your everyday personals. Scratch it. Is your itchy dog allergy sad? Did you know that our dogs suffer from the same pollen, dust mite, and mold allergies that we do? Now, veterinarian dermatologist Dr. Christian has formulated Doggy Goo. Doggy Goo is a peanut butter treat for your dog. But Doggy Goo also sublingually builds tolerance to 10 pollens, 2 mites, and 3 molds 100% naturally. Try Doggy Goo. Your dog will Doggy Goo look it up. Call 855-246-2426. The number again is 855-246-2426. Or on the web, www.healthygoo.com. Goo spelled G-O-O. Scratch it. We are going to cover what, well, what we just started, what we just started. But before we do that, Dusty was just telling me as we were on the break, you said you'd still need something. What do you still need, Dusty? Okay, I am working on a, a book about inappropriate elimination, and I... Uh, it's, <laughs> Sexy it's, topic, Dusty. Yes, That's just fantastic. Really we, we said we weren't going to talk about it, but here we are. No, not again. No, Get my what, show out of the toilet, Dusty. <laughs> I've been told my brain is in the toilet. But uh, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for people who have uh, found ways uh, to 
uh, have suggestions or have stories about how uh, they were able to help their cat overcome the problem, whether it was changing litter or moving it to a better place or keeping the dog from bothering them. If you have a story like that, um, I'd love it if you could email me at DustyCatWriter at Verizon.net and tell me the story, and I'd, I'd love to be able to include it in my, uh, in my book. And hopefully it's going to be out in March. Okay, so we have a couple of loose ends here. If you do have a dog that's humping, mounting, dominating other animals unwillingly, especially little or smaller animals like cats, interfere with it. Don't let it be alone with the animals. It's usually going to happen when you're around anyway. It's kind of showing, it's begging you for attention. So whatever you do, don't give the, the dog who's offensive, the rude one, a lot of attention. Have him already on leash so you can quickly escort him to a timeout. Interfere with this so it doesn't become a habit. And um, give him something else to do to get your attention, like go get the ball, that sort of thing. But just don't let, don't let him dominate the other pets. If you have to put him in a timeout for 10 minutes, ignore him completely. Pet the other one. Show the other pets that they're, they're not going to suffer. Bring him back on leash. Get him to earn the right to be back in the room without bullying. And um, you might want to just... Let him be top dog if that's his natural position. So that means everything first. First in, first out, first fed, first in the car, first greeted. But once his turn is done, you're in charge of whose turn it is. Once you say, okay, Dobie, stay. It's uh, time for the Siamese to get some love and attention. Dobie can't just push your arms off Siamese and get your attention back again. So, okay, we covered that. And then we were talking about aloof cats, Dusty. And um, we started by saying, you know, if, if the cat's getting everything it needs from one person, get that person to back off and make it somebody else the one who gives all the things they need. What if the cat just doesn't seem to bond with anyone? Well, and, and a lot of that has to do with what kind of socialization they experience as a tiny kitten. Uh, hopefully, your, your cat has uh, had human... Um, encounters three to uh, six, seven weeks old. But just because they didn't doesn't mean that uh, it's hopeless. Uh, first thing I would do is if you free feed your pet or your cat, pick up the, the cat food. Uh, have uh, feedings at specific times. Um, you know, uh, not first thing when you get up. <laughs> yeah, because they'll crazy. wake you up. But this yeah. is because you don't want your cat to think that like food just grows in the in the food bowl. It doesn't. Exactly. You brought it there. You're it's doing like, that for your cat. He should see you doing that, and he should maybe come when called and sit nicely for it. That won't be right off, but pretty soon he'll start to hear the sounds of the food can or the can opener or the cupboard or the bag or whatever it is and be there. And now you've got a cat who comes to something, who rea- yeah. who's connecting, right? Exactly. And then, uh, you know, uh, another thing is um, um, give them treats. Give them treats they really like. Don't give these dry, icky things. Uh, give them something like a little uh, pea-sized piece of uh, deli meat, deli uh, turkey. I always get the low sodium because I don't think salt is really good for little itty-bitty kidneys. But uh, pea-sized, because you don't want them to fill up. You want you want to prolong the experience. And do stuff the kitty likes. They, they, love, they love to play. And if you use, um, again, my favorite 
toy is deburred. It's long. You can extend it way off. Uh, when when you run the, the lure through the air, it, it twirls and sounds like beating wings. I don't know any cats that can resist that. And so here we went from the cats not paying attention to my husband at all to creating a circle so that he could give them attention in, in less than a week. And, and I'm not saying that yours will do that so quickly, but persistence. I mean, uh, it's like if you're dating somebody, if you, if you really want this person to fall in love with you and be with you, you take them to the place where they want to eat. You, you um, go to the movies they want to go to. And uh, once yeah, you develop... like you're visiting a kid and you say, okay, Johnny, we're going to go to the cemetery. I mean, no, not unless you, you know, really know this kid. Take him to the park. Take him yeah. to the aquarium. Throw a football around. How about ask him what he likes? And that's another thing I think people don't do enough with cats. They take out one type of toy, you know, something that you could chase running along the ground or something you can only stand and leap at. Or worse, they just take the cat and the toy and they throw it at the cat like he's supposed to fetch it. Okay, so... Maybe maybe there's something to be said about that. Your cat may not seem playful because you're trying with the wrong toy or trying in the wrong way or not trying enough. Right, Dusty? Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, you think about cats as hunters. Every toy, every game, uh, everything they enjoy doing involves hunting. And so uh, cats have four types of prey. And um, cats, as a rule, have a preference for the type of prey they want to go after. So um, uh, you think about the toys that are out there. Some would prefer birds, and birds are really hard. Uh, You know, I know a lot of people say cats kill lots of birds, but the truth is it's a lot of work to kill a bird. So, um, yeah, it's way easier to kill a blind mouse that you can hear under the ground. I see my cats do this all the time. They're right into these little vole things about the size of gerbils. They can't see. It's a really unfair fight to go catch a hummingbird or something like that. The impossible dream never been done at my place by any cat in all the 20 years that that, that's a lot tougher, a lot tougher. Exactly. So, so the four types of prey that the, that cats usually hunt are birds, rodents, uh, lizards, uh, 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 reptiles, and insects. So you may want to try different types of toys to see which ones turn your cat on. Uh, and, cats- and most hunt all of the above in certain circumstances, right? Uh-huh. I mean, if they're given an easy meal, they'll go for it. But it's also, the hunt isn't just the catch part. I think us humans think of the catch as the game. It's the finding, stalking, tracking, chasing, Right. It's exactly. I mean, you know, you think about how it is with a a game that you play with your kid. uh, If you're playing keep away, you don't always keep the ball away from the kid. The kid has to be able to win sometimes. So uh, you try to uh, uh, pretend your lure or whatever it is is prey because they're going to scurry, and then they're going to stop, and then they're going to scurry, and they're going to stop. They're not going to be in motion all the time. The cat has to get um, the, the material in its claws. He needs to be able to bite it. And then the, the prey can, quote, struggle, and you pull it out and, and let him get it. But then after you get done, the cat, um, uh, in nature, there's the, the cat runs, runs, um, 
And for every every time he catches something, there are ten unsuccessful hunting trips. So there's a lot of activity going on. But uh, he he runs. He finally catches the prey. He eats the prey. He grooms. He goes. Uh, uh, then he goes to sleep. So after you get done with the game, he gets to eat, and then he goes to sleep. So. Um, so this is a great thing to do as an evening ritual. And this is something yes. else I think sometimes. And, you know, I work a lot more with dogs than with cats, so I'm going to ask you about this. But I do do some cat training. People get it that a dog needs routine. They get uh-huh. it that the dog knows when she's coming home from work and if she's going to be late, that's when he acts out. Or if the dog is run in the morning before the kids go to school, he's right. way less intense greeting you after school than if he has to wait all day for anything to happen. Okay. Right. But cats too, right? Cats need routine, don't they? Oh, cats Cats live and die by a schedule. Uh, in the wild, uh, cats um, want to avoid each other. They really don't want contact with other cats. So uh, they actually have a routine in specific times of day. They will take this place and they will spray here and they will do there. So they they. Uh, can tell time better than most human beings can. So, uh, yes, uh, they want to be fed at the same time. They want their litter box to be cleaned at the same time. They want to... You know, it's interesting because a domestic dog, if it had the same ability, if it was loose in the neighborhood, able to go whenever it wanted, it would actually schedule itself so it did meet all the other dogs. Your 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 cat scenario is very interesting. And you told me about this years before... This this reminds me a lot of something else you described, the timeshare. So oh, yes. a dog wants to rule the territory always and forever. He does not want to go home and let someone else take the spot for an hour. Your cat's your cat situation is completely different. In fact, the territory isn't even worth anything if the sunny spots moved, right? Right. Yeah, so if you've got a, a, a dominant cat like I was talking about, Winky, you know, he'd sit in this location while the sun was there, and then he would vacate it, and then another cat would assume that position. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, with cats, it's situational dominance. They may be dominant in one particular room and not another. They may be dominant at a particular time and not another. So, uh, well, yeah. and how about and how about dependent on who's there? See, and this is another there? thing exactly. that's a little different with dogs. Um, usually, number one dog in the pack is number one, whether two, three, four are there or not. He's still mm-hmm. number one, mm-hmm. and number two is still number two, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with cats, number one can be above. There is no number one. Because the red cat can be above the yellow cat, and the yellow cat can be above the Siamese cat, yet the Siamese can be above the red cat. All around exactly. in a circle. The, this one's afraid of that one, but that one's also afraid of that one. But that one. How does that work? Um, it is situational dominance. It just depends on the situation. Uh, you know, like you said, who's there? Or, you know, what's going on? Is it playtime? Is it food time? Um, uh if well, a, yes, a and they have their issues, right? That cat controls the bed area. That one, uh, you know, is is in charge of that particular child, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they have things they sort of lock onto that they they're number one when it comes to that thing, 
which again exactly. isn't really very likely in the dog world. It's no. it's a very they're cats and dogs are not the same, are they? Well, and that's what you know. Uh, I feel so bad for the first cats I ever had because I had no idea I'd had dogs all my <laughs> life, and and I God bless him. I'm so sorry, Houston. <laughs> I was so stupid, Aww. but uh, yeah, uh, they're just they're different. They uh, back years ago, I went to this antiquarian bookstore uh, in Boston, and they had. Uh, an old veterinary uh, uh, a series of books. It was like a, an encyclopedia for veterinarians. And it was like 10 um, volumes. And so I went immediately to the index and looked up cats. Now, this is 1898, I believe, or 1889. And the out of 10 volumes, which must have been, you know, 4,000 pages at least, there was one entry for cat, and it said that this insecticide that you put on dogs and other animals to kill fleas would kill a cat. That was the only mention of a cat. Wow. And this was what they used to train veterinarians in, you know, in the 1880s, 1890s. So, well, I guess cats were not truly pets yet in that no, they, culture. They, well, as, you know, in were they barn vermin uh, exterminators more? They, so they were starting to become pets. Uh, in England, they were more pets. But uh, yeah, it's it just uh, you know, uh, even the veterinary community didn't know that cats weren't little dogs until what about four or five decades ago, and they started figuring out oh, because uh, they at that time you know in the fifties they were still saying that. You know what was good for the uh, uh, dog was good for the uh, the cat. So see anyway. now I've seen a more frightening mistake, and that is when people treat a large cat, a carnivorous mountain lion or some such species, oh. as a cat feeding it cat oh. food. And what happens is if it's done when the kitten, when the large wild cat, the tiger, the lion, whatever, the domesticated sold at an auction animal that ends up in somebody's backyard, when it's done like that, they go blind. It's terrible. It's terrible. So, you know what, whatever animal you get, nowadays there's really no reason to be ignorant. Whether it's a cat or a ferret or a dog or a, there's no reason to say, oh, I didn't know he'd get this big or I didn't know uh, he'd, he'd get aggressive at eight in the case of a monkey. Or, you know, I mean, yeah, you should know, right? Don't believe the seller. Look it up, don't you think, Dusty? Absolutely, and but I, I will uh, caveat that by saying, mm. uh, be aware of your source. You know, you can you can go right. online and see things that say, oh, use uh, garlic to protect your cats and dogs from um, fleas. Mm-hmm. But but these but but the truth is, garlic, uh, when consumed by dogs and cats, can cause Heinz hemolytic anemia. Now, people can come uh, across as very knowledgeable. I had one friend who um, adopted a kitty from me, and uh, as we were introducing the cat to the house, uh, he started scratching on the carpet. And my friend goes, oh, no, no, no. And she grabs the kitty and takes her paws and scratches them on the scratching post. And I said, don't do that. <laughs> Why did you do that? And she says, well, I didn't want her scratching the, the carpet. And I said, but why did you do that? Oh, well, I read it on the Internet. 
Yeah. And I said, well, don't don't believe everything you read on the internet. I took my fingers, scratched it across the the cat scratcher, and the cat went, oh, that's kind of cool, and started scratching it. So be cautious. Uh, uh, there are a lot of good, knowledgeable people out there, but there are a lot of people that have a couple of cats and think they're uh, experts. And that's well, and the thing about garlic, I mean, there's so many things like that. Brewers use garlic. There's so many things that are circulated and recirculated exactly. and told so many times that you probably could find that, and yet it's not right. It's not what you should be doing if you have a flea problem, and it's probably not going to help you, and it might even hurt you if you do too large a dose. And that's another thing I think people underestimate. You know, a lab, a golden, a German shepherd, 60 to 90 pounds of animal it's not as fragile as a tiny, tiny min pin, four pounds, or a cat. You get it wrong with a little animal, and it's, the consequences are terrible, right? Absolutely. Maybe, maybe the big dog can handle the odd piece of your pizza that happened to have garlic on it. No biggie, right? You're not going to stick it in his food every day, but you know what? It's not going to hurt him. But the little cat, that could be a problem, right? Uh, absolutely. Uh, Jean Hovey, uh, who is a holistic vet, uh, uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't recommend any, any uh, garlic at all. And another thing that I, I have gotten handed down to me off the Internet from friends, there's uh, natural leaf protection. Uh, there's a, a recipe. You boil lemons and... Um, you take the juice from the, this boiled lemon and you put it on your cat. Oh, my God, don't do that. It's going to burn the cat. It's going to well, burn the Well, and they hate don't. the smell of lemons. So well, why uh, yeah. is it like making your cat wear a hair shirt or something? Why are you putting your cat through this, like, penance? I mean, it doesn't understand. And now it smells like something it can't tolerate. It makes it sick to its stomach to smell that smell. That's what we use to keep it off stuff. Lemon right. smell. You don't want it in your garden. Plant citrus-smelling things and your cat will avoid your garden. Sometimes I I just marvel at the stuff that's sold for pets that pets are supposed to like that contains right. things I know pets hate like that. Like there's well, litter. There's litter, uh, you know, litter box litter that's sold with citrus smell. And I think, well, exactly no cat's right. going to want to go in there. Yes, absolutely. But the, the thing about the, uh, getting back to the lemons, because I think this is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote the lady who posted this on her website and said, take this down, this is very, very dangerous, because if you get, I mean, it can actually burn the cat. It can probably burn the dog, but but cat's skin is more sensitive than dogs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't, just because you see it on the internet doesn't mean it's safe. Yeah, and there are ways to check. I mean, there's so many different sites out there. Um, it's, It's really easy to go to a reputable site. It's really easy to go to one that's part of a university or part of a veterinary college. I mean, you don't have to be going to... You know, just <laughs> whatever pops up first on your exactly. search engine, right? You got to okay. use the little scrutiny there. But I do think uh, people should should be researching before they get pets. And I know we've been talking about spiders throughout the show. Our listeners have not <laughs> had the uh, privilege of listening to this. You are so scared of spiders, we can't even mention them on the air, barely. And our, our engineer, our sound engineer today in studio actually got bit by one. And both you and I, Dusty, we don't even have to look around our offices. I know I'm spider-free. That's the advantage of rescuing and fostering cats. You want a spider-free zone? Get a cat. Right, Dusty? 
Absolutely. <laughs> we have almost no spiders in our house. Uh, no. You know, uh, no, no. sorry to the, the people who have the, the spider pets. Uh, they Do might not fare bring better. them here. Do not <laughs> bring them to Dusty. Do not bring them to visit. They will not live long. Yeah, it's interesting how some people think things. I have trouble with the pet rats. And sometimes throughout my career, I've had to give, I had to kiss a snake and put a medal around its neck, which was awkward. And I've had to, <laughs> I didn't, yeah, like he has no neck. He is a neck. But, you know, I, I didn't mind kissing him so much. And he wasn't slimy. I thought he was going to be, but he wasn't. But, um, you know, I've had that same, that same junket. I was, you know, shaking police dogs' paws and awarding year supply of IAM's dog food to different dogs that won this award. So it was, you know, delightful. Everybody was so happy to meet me and get their year supply of dog food and stuff like this. So it was, it was not a bad gig at all, going to all the winners. But the snake was a bit creepy until, you know, it was over and then I realized it was no big deal. And that snake had visited thousands of school kids. That's why it won the award. But, um, but, you know, the, there there was a rat in the mix somehow, and and I just I had a really hard time with that, and I think you'd have a hard time with a spider. Oh yeah, I. Do you want to see me pass out? <laughs> Put a spider on me. <laughs> it, it would not be pretty, but the kitties would have fun. Mom, do you know look. what's really creepy is furry spiders. <gasps> I don't know why they're creepier than regular, but they just are. They just. I just don't like my son used to like this this place called the I think it was called the bug place or the bug shop or something when he was really little. And I used to have to take him there and they they would, you know, get to hold ladybugs. I was okay with that. Then they'd get to hold cockroaches. Couldn't stand that. That was just awful. I would shut down completely. I'd be sitting in the middle of the room. (laughs) Oh, I would be sitting there in the middle of the room with my feet up, trying not to touch anything with my handbag closed, looking at the clock, you know. But my kid loved it. Hissing things and talking things and giant bugs and all this sort of stuff. And fuzzy spiders. I mean, oh, my, what people think are pets. It's a bad Well, and if it brings them pleasure... So be it, you know? Well, that's the thing. And sometimes I have to defend my choices to people who don't understand. Why would anyone want so many cats and dogs? Why would anybody want to give, spend so much time with animals? And I guess it is perspective. I mean, you know, all the little um, tests I would give my dogs, you know, though they can think, they can reason, they can listen, they can protect me. I guess rats are highly intelligent, right? Uh They can learn tricks. They can keep a clean cage, can't they? I don't know. Can they? I think not. Uh, not really. <laughs> not really. See, now well, you my... made a joke about spiders, that, that spiders are good for training cats. That's what you said. Oh. And yes, and I remember on air, I got so mad at this guest I had, Vladdy, this dog trainer, who made that same joke about cats. He said, cats are good for exercising dogs. And I just thought, oh, that's just terrible, Vladdy. But, you know, so I'm, I'm guess I'm bigoted against the rats. That's terrible. Well, the first pet I ever had was a rat, a big old white uh, rat. Really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, he was fabulous. The, the little female was mean, but he was, he was great. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have a rat now because it wouldn't be fair to the rat. <laughs> So I've worked with some odd animals over the years, baby gorillas, mountain lions, some odd ones uh, that you wouldn't normally expect, a a baby uh, orphaned hyena pup, you know, really odd ones. 
but um, I just, so I guess it's all, it's not something, uh, you know, you'd think that we'd be set up with an innate fear that we all shared, that every human on the earth, you know, would be born as a baby who feared snakes or feared dogs or something primitive that set us up for survival. But it doesn't seem to be that way, does it? It seems very person specific. Well, either that or uh, it's an innate fear that some people overcome. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or maybe these fears are learned. That could be. That could be. But you know, when do, when do cats when do cats learn? Puppies learn to fear around three months. When do kittens start figuring out what they're supposed to be afraid of? Well, they they of course in the beginning. Uh, uh, three to six or seven weeks, learn what to fear from Mama. Because mm-hmm. uh, she'll, yes. she'll tell them, be, be afraid of people, and then that makes life very difficult for these little things later on in life. But, um, uh, you know, sometimes all it takes is one event, and they don't necessarily have to be kittens. I was trying to trim uh, my guy Cosmo's uh, claws, and um, I didn't quick him, but... Somehow his uh, webbing uh, got caught in the the clippers, and I pinched him. And Mm. it was years, years before I could uh, trim his nails again. I mean, when when he saw those clippers, he was gone. Oh, what a uh, shame. And it's so hard. I mean, if you're dealing with a dog, it's easier. I would just muzzle the dog, leash the dog, bring the clippers over. Don't even clip a nail. Just brush his paw with the with your hand and the clipper. Give him a treat. Do it mm-hmm. again the next day. Do it again until he's calm around the clippers. Once he's totally calm around the clippers, you might actually clip one nail, not a whole paw. Give him a treat and the session. And gradually you'd increase. But with cats, oh, it's like a snail's time, isn't it? You got to go yeah. way slow. <laughs> well, he had been fine with me trimming his nails until that happened. And uh, uh, so, you know, I think they can acquire fear at any time. It's a survival mechanism. It's like us and spiders. You get bit by a spider, and chances are you're not going to want to be around them. So at least I'm not. <laughs> you're not, yeah. But I, I don't know, though. You see, now I'm, I'm confessing here. I have been bit by cats. I've been bit by dogs. I love them. I don't care. I don't hold them against them. I don't have any fear greeting a group of similar to the ones who bit me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What, the most recent time I got bit was it wasn't even working. Was some lady came and it was about auto insurance and she was trying to sell me something. And she had a dog in her car and she said, oh, he's so friendly. Why don't you say hi? And I reached in and he bit me. Normally, I don't reach into a car. It's not what I do. But she said to and he looked cute. And I thought, oh, what the... No, don't reach into a car, even if the person invites you to. The dog's protecting the car. But you know what? I, I'm not going to hold it against him yeah, or any dog he like him. He was protecting him. his territory. Absolutely. And she was being do, so. silly inviting me to reach into the car. And mm-hmm. I was being silly listening to her. But, um, but you know, sometimes we something happens to us and it, it does. I had a man who used to work around Camp Good Dog, a handyman. And not here, somewhere else entirely. He, he was a handyman, and he was doing repairs. Lady said, just just go on in, da-da-da-da-da. Didn't realize her pit bull boxer cross <gasps> was in the house. And he went after the guy. And the guy ended up having, you know, surgery and all this therapy. And his hands, his hand works perfectly again. But it's all marred and mauled, and it has scars all over it. And it was maybe a year before it didn't hurt him. 
And uh, when he works here, he is so nervous now. He used to just be like, I don't care. Let the dogs out, whatever. Now he's like, I want you to keep them all in and I'll let you know when I'm done. And he doesn't like to work at the kennel at all. He just, it just stresses him out. And I, I can see how that would be. It must be so hard for people who get attacked. I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. It's it's interesting, though. Um, uh, last Veterans Day, I was out planting flags at this little cemetery. And uh, this family came out to the cemetery, and their dog was running around. And he started approaching me. and I mean, I was a good way away when they arrived. And he approached me and started barking at me and uh, kind of growling, uh, 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 definitely a not-friendly stance. And I said, would you please call your dog? And they said, oh, he's not going to bite you. And it's like, why do people always say that? I mean, they may not be in their house or, or, or whatever, but I have found that's not true. If if somebody asks you to please call your dog, don't tell them they're not going to get bitten. Yeah, no, that's very true. And um, I think also if someone if someone is trying to discipline their dog, don't get in the way of that. You know, so often uh, someone's at a park or something, their dog jumps up and they say, no, off. And they're doing the right thing. They're getting the dog to behave properly. And the person says, it's okay. Well, no. is it? Is it okay when the next person comes along and they're in a wheelchair or they can't walk well or they were holding a baby or groceries or it's a or, or the next person's dressed over, up? Yes. Yeah, yes. or the next person's dressed up for a job interview. Like, is it really okay that this dog thinks it can completely jump on strangers because you're in a dog moment right now? No, it's not. Let the person train their dog. Don't get in the way. Um, do you find ever, because I, I do get hired to work with people who are afraid of dogs. Do you ever find people are afraid of cats? Yes. Oh, really? Do you oh, ever yes, get hot? Yes. Okay, how does that go? Tell us about that. Well, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, 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 years ago, uh, I, I would uh, uh, go to these uh, groups, these therapy groups, and uh, one day I had gotten, um, oh, I had gotten a puppy. Now, everybody knew that I was the cat lady, but uh, I had gotten this puppy, and I had I had him in a little box with me because I had just, you know, I didn't want to leave him at home that long. And um, the lady who was running this therapy group said, oh, my God, uh, get, get that cat out of here. Uh, get that cat. I mean, and she, this is the lady running the group. She's supposed to be the sane one. She went white. I mean, she was terrified because she thought I had a kitten in there, not a cat, a kitten. And um, uh, I I was just shocked. I had never seen that kind of visceral response to the possible presence of a cat. So, you know, I mean, some people are terrified of of the number 13. Some people are terrified of spiders. And uh, I think that if a person wants to get over it, they just uh, expose themselves little by little. And, uh, you know, safe cat, old old cat, no teeth, no claws. But they then, used to know. do something to animals that isn't done anymore. And I want to talk about it here because it fits right in. We do have to go pretty soon. Our show's wrapping up. But this, they used to train animals doing something called flooding. So the dog's mm-hmm. afraid of something like uh, people on bikes. 
So they would take him to a bike event. They would take him in the middle of all the action and the bikes would be racing by and the dog would cower and the dog would pee itself. The dog would be terrified. And the idea was that eventually the dog would just get numb to it, overcome it and be cool around bikes. And it's true that that would work with some of the dogs. If it was a basically confident dog that had misunderstood bikes as a threat, that might work. But with all the other dogs, which is the majority, <laughs> this would just make him even more terrified of bikes and really put him through a lot of needless stress. So instead of flooding, what we do now is, like you're saying, a little bit. You gradually expose the dog to bikes. Maybe you get one and you park it in the house for a week. Then maybe you go for a walk with a friend who's walking the bike as you're walking your dog. The next time you may actually sit on it for a few seconds. Have someone pass you the leash, pass it back. Okay, now you're ready. Once your dog does not, is not terrified of bikes in general, is not afraid of you on a bike, and is not afraid of your friend walking a bike, now you're ready to go to the dog park or the bike park. But you still don't go right in the middle of the action. You go a few blocks away and you teach your dog how to cope. What is it you want from him when bikes pass? Well, I would want heal. So I would just teach him, you know what? Heal's the way to go. You heal. This doesn't even affect you. You're cool. And it wouldn't take long at all. And I could do that with almost anything using heel and gradually getting it used to the thing. So what about a cat, Dusty? You got a cat who's afraid of something. It's not something you could just remove, okay? Or it's not something, maybe it's something that happens regularly every week at the neighbor's. And you got to get this cat over the weekly panic. Or the, maybe it's the air conditioning shutting on and off randomly. Maybe it's something you just can't eliminate. And now your cat's afraid. What can you do? Well, I saw this one study, and it was fabulous. They took uh, feral cats, bona fide little uh, feral kittens, and um, they would walk into the area where the cage was, and when the kitten would, of course, the kitten would be hissing ears down. The, the second the kitten did something, uh, look away or, you know, what, whatever, they would click and walk off. And then a minute later, they'd come back, and the kitten would hiss and fluff up, and the kitten would look away. And they they kept that up. And eventually, uh, the, the kitten was being rewarded because when she looked away, um, she got what she wanted. The person went away. But she was learning at the same time that this person was not going to hurt her. And uh, it was like within that same day, uh, the, they could approach the kitten. It was fabulous. So, you know, um, when the kitten does something that's, that's more appropriate, friendlier, you, you give them what they want. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's food, sometimes it's you walking away. So, uh, uh, I want to ask you about role, like role modeling or showing, because I've had some pretty good luck with this with dogs, but even better luck with cats. And that is, I have a cat who's terrified of me. It's just come in as a foster program or something. I will be very conscious of the fact that it can see me from where it's hiding Mm -hmm. as I completely pamper and spoil and love a different cat. So the other cat's purring and salivating and rolling and I'm brushing it. We're getting along and it's watching this whole thing. It's going, well, wait a minute. I could be that cat. I think that's what's happening. Is that what's happening? Well, again, I can't read a cat's mind, but uh, no, I, I know, I but done... you're as close as I get, Dusty. <laughs> but yeah, you, 
Yes. I, I, well, as a matter of fact, I had something very similar happen. I've got two kittens. They're siblings. One uh, looks like a pedigree Turkish man, and the other has a little mustache. Really cute. But um, uh, they obviously had different daddies. And I was teaching little Einstein to sit. Well, he wasn't catching sit at all. And uh, uh, so she would sit, and she got her little reward. And after watching her, he learned to sit. And so I was also trying to teach her to shake, and she wasn't getting shake. Well, he learned immediately. So she watched him and yeah. learned. So it's it's kind of fun to teach these two because they're constantly, if, if one of them gets it, the other learns from watching the other one get the reward. So, yeah. And I, I, I think that's okay. really true. When you're trying to show an animal that you can be trusted, that you're a friend, that you're not out to get it, that you're not trying to corner it, that you're not after it, when in fact you might be after it because it might need its pills. Or in the case of me where I'm cat sitting and I have to give it its pills and it doesn't want to come, you know, if I pet the one that doesn't need the pills, the shy one sometimes comes out to get the attention, right? You can almost use the jealousy a little bit sometimes too, don't you find? Absolutely. Well, like I said, I was just shocked when I, I observed these guys teaching each other how to do the tricks. It's, you know, it's, there's a DVD I have out, and the download's now on my site, debwolf.ca, if you want to check it out, anybody, D-E-B-W-O-L-F-E.ca, just like my name. When you go there, you'll see it. It's under dog games, because I, I did a bunch of demonstrations of <laughs> hide-and-go-seek and different games you could teach your dogs that are super cool. And one of them is jumping through a hoop. And as I'm talking on camera, as I'm making dogs learn this trick, I'm sort of telling the audience about how smart standard poodles are. And, you know, we're, we're seeing in real time how many takes, how many repetitions it takes for each type of dog to learn. The golden, right away, she's a little bit afraid of the sound of the hoop, and she lies down on the hoop, and so we have to overcome that. There's another dog who's so into jumping, but he's not really into jumping into the hoop. He's jumping everywhere else, so we have to overcome that, you know, different personalities, right? And then there's, um, so as I'm teaching them, I teach a couple of dogs that are more the basic way, the, as you'd expect, and last, I go to the standard poodle. And as I'm saying, you know, this particular dog, he's very good at learning tricks. He'll almost teach himself. He jumps through it without me doing a thing. It's like, you know what? I've been watching this all day. Like, what, what's it going to... Yeah, obviously, I know how to do this. Some dogs are very visual learners. Border Collies are. They have to watch the sheep, you know, the the shepherd, the man on the horse or wherever he is, they have to keep an eye on the flock. They're very, very visual, always looking for, uh, for signals and looking, looking, looking. A lot of dogs aren't, so you have to teach them to look before, before you can work like this. But I think cats, cats are always watching, aren't they? And learning by watching, seems to me. They, they are. I mean, yeah, they are very observant. But that's how they stay alive, too. So, I mean, because they are prey... They have to watch everything. And uh, so, uh, you know, we learn throughout our lives, and so do, so do your cats and so do your dogs. So, and a mama cat demonstrates. Tricks. <laughs> oh, you totally can. If you couldn't, all the, all the old dogs would be dead because they have to change things all the time. And if you just think about that, if someone uh, who spoiled your dog and let it beg for food and let it bark for attention and let it eat off the counter, if someone like that took care of your dog for a week, do you think it would still be perfectly behaved to your old house rules? I don't think so. 
It would learn all these new tricks, just like your cat would learn the new tricks. Um, so, okay, well, I know we're way out of time. We're going to have oh. to go. I know. It's sad. It's sad. It's sad. Uh, if people want to get that download, they can check it out at dubwolf.ca. It's coming soon. I'm going to have it up there. And um, you can see the standard poodle learning by watching. I think mama cats teach their kittens by demonstrating too, don't they, Dusty? Absolutely. Um, they, um, uh, the cats that are the, the good hunters, the good masters, mm-hmm. they learn from mama. The, they are the ones who have had lessons from their mothers. And, I mean, that's not to say that any cat couldn't uh, be a master, but the the ones that are the most expert, those are the ones that Mama taught how to make the quick kill. And, uh, yeah, so they Mama teaches them all the time. When I work with a group of dogs, if one is getting a little too dominant or aggressive or humpy and I put him on a leash and I, and I make him heal and all that, it's an example for everybody. They all start behaving better. If I let them get out of hand, then they all start to behave like that. And it's the same with um, when I work with someone who has two dogs. If, if the rudest dog, the dog who jumps the most and is most intrusive and in their face gets all the greetings, then both dogs try that. But mm-hmm. if the most polite one gets all the greetings and attention, then both dogs sit nicely. You know, and, and so I really do think you could do a lot of training just by showing. If you've got a shy cat, Show it how you how you spoil another one where it can see, and maybe it'll start to want that, right? I I agree. And uh, one thing uh, that I've noticed with cats that are fearful, uh, I ignore them. I totally ignore them. I don't look at them. I don't uh, no eye contact. I just totally ignore them. And then that way they can observe, and um, you know, eventually they kind of go, hmm, maybe that's not so bad. We had a girl kitty we took in she was about nine months old and had never been touched by a human and um it took about a year and a half of just ignoring her and all of a sudden one day she went okay i'm a pet (laughs) oh that's so nice that day is such a happy day you almost do a double take is that am i what what happened to you shy cat right Exactly. I, I Name she wound up order. sitting next to me, and, and it was just one of the most exciting moments of my life to know that, that after a year and a half of, uh, of ignoring the cat, now, it, you know, if we had tried training or whatever, it might have been uh, quicker, mm-hmm. but we just felt like this was the, the least stressful, and she became a beloved pet. She loved to be petted. She loved to sit and laugh, and we just let her come to that conclusion on her own. Well, not all of us are that patient. If you're not that patient and you want some help, then uh, Dusty's your gal, right? Dusty Cat Rider. That's where you go, DustyCatRider.com. And Dusty, I hope you'll come back again in the future. We've got to wrap up the show now. I know we've made some recommendations. I think it was Safer's Cat Collar and Feel Away Spray and the Clicker, of course. The Bird, the bird by Go Cat. The the, bird. That's the toy. Yeah, you just want to say, you can give your cat the bird. Yes. Okay. <laughs> da bird. D-A. Da bird. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but you're right. It is fun. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Yeah. Well, okay, everybody. I guess that's it. I hate to leave now that Dusty's here and we're in our groove. We're having our coffee, having our little cat chat. You know, with dogs who are afraid, I wouldn't let them just run away for a year and a half. I would uh, have them on a leash 
and have them tied to my waist. And I might ignore them. I might not look at them or talk to them, but I'd make them stay close and learn I'm safe. I wouldn't let them just go find cover and sort of come forward and retreat, come forward and retreat, because that's kind of a, a habit in itself with dogs. But cats and dogs are not the same, and that's why we have Dusty on this show, so we can talk about cats and dogs and make some sense of it for you all. All right, so I'm at devwolf.ca. I'm going to go out in the rain and scoop some poop, something you never have to deal with with your nice, clean indoor litter boxes, Dusty. Oh, well, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I still have to scoop poop. <laughs> there you go. Well, yes. Okay, everyone. Until next week, this has been Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio, with my guest, Dusty Rainbolt, and me, Deb Wolf. Until next time, be good to your animals. And anytime you're near-